Good morning, everyone. My name's Simon, and we're going to continue looking at that passage together and considering what it uh, means and the implications that it has for us. And I thank Cameron for his prayers and, uh, and bringing this time to, to God before us. Uh, have you ever built something, put something together, a flat pack, perhaps, from Bunnings or Ikea, and then uh, found that there's some, sp- some spare bits at the end? And then you go through that debate, are they really important? Do we really need those bits? Uh, when I build, sorry, uh, when my children build Lego uh, and uh, they get to the end, Lego is very generous. The Lego company gives you spare bits all the time. And I always wonder what, uh, they always wonder what, uh, uh, what these spare bits are for. But they're just, gener- they're just generous. But no, when you, um, when you buy the flat pack, the spare bits are important. Uh, if you pull that engine apart, all the bits need to go back into the engine to get it working again. Peter, in, as we're going through the book of 1 Peter, we get to this chapter 2, and Peter talks about uh, a building project, a uh, stone that's very important to God's building. So far in 1 Peter, he's told us to, uh, to know the grace of God, uh, to understand it, that we've been uh, born again into a, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So he says, understand, know the grace of God, and therefore stop conforming to the ways of this world and conform to Christ. Be holy because I am holy, says Peter, to the churches that are scattered across the world. Uh, Live as strangers in this world. Actually embrace it. Know that you're never going to be able to uh, join the two masters together. You can't have Jesus as your master and this world as your master. You need to say, uh, I'm a stranger to this world and I, am, I belong to the kingdom of God. Uh, live as strangers here in reverent fear. Uh, that, vertical, that vertical fear that smashes the horizontal fear and so enables us to love and, and, and grow in love for one another. Uh, now that you've tasted that the Lord of, is, is good, this is our, where we've come from so far in 1 Peter. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good, crave that pure spiritual milk which is knowing life through Christ, knowing this new living uh, hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so Peter, Peter now talks about a, a building project and offers us this metaphor of Jesus being the living stone, the cornerstone. Uh, firstly, when Peter, uh, when we get to verse 4, Peter says that Jesus is God's chosen and precious foundation stone. That's a very easy thing to say, but we need to stop and pause and consider what it means that Jesus is God's precious chosen uh, cornerstone, foundation stone. This is the stone uh, chosen by God himself. Uh, Just, you know, mull over that for a second. Who is God? God is the creator. Does God need anything? No. Is God fully contained? Yes. Is God all-powerful? Yes. God all-knowing, the things that we understand about God, he is pure, he is light, but he is self-contained and needs nothing. And he has declared that this stone, this Jesus, is chosen and precious to him. Uh, it, Jesus, has, Jesus is the, is, the, is the foundation stone, as Kirk has laid it out for us. I, I love that image of the cornerstone and the church being, or the building being built out from there. God has declared that Jesus is very important. That's an understatement, isn't it? Jesus is very important. Uh, 
friends, we, uh, sometimes these concepts that are so simple just need to settle in our heads and then into our hearts so we can understand who is Jesus according to God. He is of highest value, most precious, chosen, uh, valuable, honoured. Um, Jesus is not just a, a late project. As you understand your Bibles, uh, the great bulk of the Bible in page number is the Old Testament. And the, the smaller section is the New Testament. We don't meet Jesus until the New Testament. We don't meet him as, as the, the son of Joseph um, living in Nazareth, named Jesus. But of course, the Old Testament is filled with the prophecies, with the, with the foundation work that says Jesus is who you need and there's great foundation work happening in the Old Testament to, to show us. There are three, uh, three references in the Old Testament that use this image of a stone. It's in uh, Psalm 118, Isaiah 8, and Isaiah 28. And Peter has bundled all three of those Old Testament references into the one chapter, in 1 Peter chapter 2. So Peter's grabbing the whole metaphor from the Old Testament and bundling into one space for us. Uh, <clears throat> God has not just come up with a, a late plan and said, oh, here's, here's a metaphor to go with that. No, it's a metaphor that's been brewing through the Old Testament. And then Peter draws together for us uh, to show that, um, that it's Jesus. Now, the, so the stone is chosen by God. The stone, the, the stone metaphor was well understood before Jesus came, before his first coming. This stone metaphor was understood to be the Messiah. Uh, so um, scholars, rabbis of the, of the late, is that how you say it, the late um, BC era, uh, the, the lower number BC, just erring towards zero AD, uh, it, was, it, was, it was common knowledge that the stone was referring to the Messiah that was to come, the forever king, uh, the chosen one, the anointed one, God's precious king who would rule over Israel. So there, the, the stone was going to be the Messiah. Uh, you notice in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, that even Peter uses that language of chosen by God. It's the, the anointed one, Messiah, Christ. All these words uh, float around the same concept. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 20, uh, we looked at a week or two ago, Peter said that Jesus was chosen before the creation of the world. So this is a very long-brewing project from God uh, to, sh to reveal to us Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus is that living stone. You see, I'm going through a very slow process here, a very simple concept. But I want, it, I want us to sink in that God has presented to us something very precious. The analogy of the stone was laid down, pardon the pun, uh, in the Old Testament. When Jesus arrived, uh, he stood up and affirmed in his own words that he is the stone that the builders rejected. All three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of them have Jesus quoting and referring to himself as the stone that the builders rejected. In Acts chapter 4, after Jesus had died on the cross, risen to life again, uh, Peter stood up in the, count, in, the, in the synod, a synod, sorry, synod is coming up and there's no trials in synod, uh, at the Sanhedrin, there's the S word I was looking for, uh, at the Sanhedrin, a, a Jewish courtroom, and testified that this Jesus, in Acts chapter 4, verse 11, he said, 
This Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected. Peter, joining the dots to them. They had understood that this stone was going to be the Messiah. Jesus, uh, Peter says, this Jesus is the stone that you've been waiting for and you nailed him to a cross. You rejected him. You cast him out. And notice that Peter in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, he calls, it's not just the stone that's been laid, but he is the living stone. Not to be confused by an idol that you build and stick in a corner. No, this is a, a, the living stone that will, that will build from Jesus a living house. A kingdom of God will be built from him. The living stone. Why living? Because he's not dead. He's risen from the, from the grave and Jesus is Lord. He is the living stone. God's centrepiece. God's cornerstone. And this is to underscore the great mercy of God, as Peter stood up in the, before that Sanhedrin and in chapter 4, verse 11, said, Jesus is the stone that you builders have rejected. And then in chapter 4, verse 12, just one sentence over, Peter says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. What a profound memory verse right there but notice the contrast notice that in in one sentence peter says this stone you builders have rejected you took the precious cornerstone of god and nailed him to the cross wanting to rid him of life but this living stone is the only way for salvation and peter preaches that same gospel same message to the people who rejected jesus isn't that profound? How great is God's mercy that he offers, offers new life, a new, new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to the builders who would reject God's own precious jewel. The great mercy of God. Peter said that in chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so then Peter quotes from, uh, from Isaiah 28, verse 16. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. God has laid this stone before us uh, all, uh, the perfect foundation for us. God, the creator of all mankind, before the creation of the world, has set in place a, a living stone and this living object, if I could call Jesus an object, forgive me, that's not the right word, but he, this, this obstacle, this foundation stone is placed before all mankind and everybody, everybody is affected by the coming of Christ. This is what Peter goes on to teach us, that everybody is affected by the coming of Christ. He can't be avoided. You can't walk around him. You can't just close your eyes and pretend that he's not real. Uh, he is either a stone that you knock into like a blind fool or he's the stone that you absorb your life and build your life around. There's, there's no third option. This is what Peter presents to us as we go on uh, into the next point, you see, rejecting Jesus is, is rebellion against God. Since we've laid down that, that concept that 
this is God's chosen, precious foundation stone. If, it's, if he's that important to God, how are we going to respond to Jesus? And therefore, rejecting Jesus is rebellion against God. Uh, it's described in, in verse 7 and 8, 1 Peter 2, 7 and 8, Jesus is rejected because of unbelief. Let me read verse 7 and 8. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Do you see the link there between the, the stone the builders have rejected? They've rejected him because they are those who do not believe. There's a correlation between the rejecting of the cornerstone and do not believe. We, we cannot just uh, treat Jesus like an opinion. There's a belief versus unbelief. What we do with Jesus, God has presented him as the cornerstone. How are we going to respond to him? Rejecting Jesus, actually, is to build with different material. It's to build with different material. That same quote there, the stone that the builders rejected has become the, the cornerstone. We reject Jesus as the foundation of life and we continue to build our life on other material, lower quality material. Uh, rejecting Jesus is to build with different material. Uh, it, it makes sense that this unbelief, which produces a rejection of Jesus, is described also in verse 8 as disobedience. Verse 8, a stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. See all these words joined together, the, the, the lack of belief or the do not believe uh, re produces re uh, re a rejection of Jesus. They, people stumble, they fall because they disobey the message. The message is that Jesus is king. This is the one that God has sent into the world in which we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven through which we must be saved. The DIY project of life, we put it together ourselves, we throw away the instructions and just get on with living. We throw away God's blueprint, his foundation stone, his master plan to believe that we are better builders than him that we actually have an opinion about how to build uh, and do life. And it doesn't, it, doesn't absorb, it doesn't embrace God's plan, his decision. Can you, see, uh, can you see how plainly that putting Jesus aside is rebellion against God? That putting Jesus aside is, when you put it that way, it's criminal to live in a world that God has created, to be a creature of God, and yet to overlook Jesus, is criminal. This is, it's sin, isn't it? God actually, when, when we flesh this out, God will not tolerate multiple religions in the world. If, if there is no other name under heaven through which man can be saved, then how can God tolerate other ways to get to God. You know that common phrase? Is that it's the same God, just different ladders. God says, no, there's only one ladder. And to reject that ladder is to re reject the plans of God. It's rebellion, it's unbelief, it's rejection, and it's criminal. It's sin. 
There, there is only one way. You know, rejecting Jesus is a bit like rejecting gravity, perhaps. Do you remember the Looney Tunes cartoons? Remember when the, the cartoon character would run along the cliff face and he'd get at the end of the cliff and he'd, run, and he'd keep running out into the air and he'd just run on air. Then someone would give the cartoon character a book on gravity, they'd learn about gravity and suddenly, oh, they understand gravity now and, and gravity would take effect. Uh, it's silly, isn't it? Because it doesn't matter whether you understand gravity or not, gravity will bring you down. <laughs> uh, this is like Jesus. There's no... it's it, we need to either bow our knees and celebrate the king or reject, understand that we're rejecting him and face the consequences. Uh, a stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall. You can't remove him and live happily ever after. He's, he's God's chosen and precious cornerstone. Now, friends, the question is, the question left with us is, not whether you will, you will incorporate Jesus into your building project, but whether you will come to him and be incorporated into his building project. You see the vast difference there. It's, it's, it's a wonderful act of mercy and grace that the creator continues to create and build in us a, a kingdom that will last forever. You see, coming to Jesus is to be honoured by God. If rejecting Jesus is akin to rejecting God's plans and rebellion against God, actually coming to Jesus is to be honoured by God. Uh, God is the builder in verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The The idea to draw out of that sentence there is that you, like living stones, are being built. We are being built. And we're, we're now described as living stones. We come to the living stone who is Christ and we become living stones, just like that picture that Kirk th- threw up on the screen. The building project is from God. We are the living stones when we come to him. The living stone rejected by humans but, but chosen and precious to God. It says in verse 6 that you will never be put to shame. That's too far. Uh, It says in verse 6 that you'll never be put to shame. 6b. See, I lay a a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. It follows that those who don't trust in him will be put to shame. Every knee will bow. That was our Philippians reading, wasn't it? Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. And so every, every, everyone who comes to him will not be put to shame. Friends, I want to encourage you with where this, where this building project goes to. Uh, the, the, the reference here in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10, it's awfully memorable, uh, quotable, and Peter brings Old Testament imagery into New Testament belief. Look at who you are. Look at who you are. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. These are the sort of words that God has used already of Jesus. Chosen, uh, priest, holy. Be holy because I am holy. These are the words that God has already established and laid down as describing Jesus and now we're being absorbed into that same 
building project. You are a chosen people. A chosen people, that's language that uh, was once used of Abraham and his descendants, the nation, uh, the people, it's a race. Uh, the descendants of Abraham were, were God's chosen, selected, honoured, precious people. And now in the New Testament, although we're scattered, although we don't belong, although the race is no longer important, we are now important because we come to him, the living stone, rejected by people, rejected by humans, but chosen and precious to God. And so we become God's chosen people, a royal priesthood and a holy nation set apart by God for God. Again, this is a language from Exodus 19. We just looked at Exodus recently, and God brought them, uh, Israel out of Egypt, brought them to, the, to Mount Sinai and said, you are now a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession. What a wonderful language. We've just meditated on how special Jesus is to God, and now we're being invited to, be, to understand that for ourselves. You understand the the I'll go back to the question the statement I said a little bit earlier it's not about us absorbing Jesus into our building it's about us being absorbed into his building and this is what his building looks like you're now special precious chosen uh, for a purpose royal priest and holy nation that you that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light the 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 contrast is massive just as a contrast of those who come to jesus and accept him versus those who come to jesus and reject him try to do life without him the, the contrast is massive but because of the great mercy of god we've been called out of darkness into light other parts of the bible say out of death to life this we've been called into the building of the living stone because of god's great mercy one verse really struck me in as preparing this uh, talk is verse 7. Now to you who believe, it's, this is the NIV's translation, now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe the stone, the will is rejected, has become the cornerstone. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. Actually, the, the, the word precious is better translated honoured, and actually the focus of the honour is to you and I. Now, to you who believe, the honour is to you. The blessings are to you, that you are being built into this building that, it, that is able to offer uh, uh, worship, the, the, that we may declare the praises of God, that we are worthy of declaring the praises of God who called us out of darkness into light. Once we were not a people, now we are the people of God. When we come to Christ, the honour is to you for coming to him. And look at what God is building. Friends, I'm not going to dwell on verses 11 and 12. That's going to segue us into the next section of, of 1 Peter. But, but he, he does uh, lead us from all of that, how great Jesus is, come to him, be absorbed into the project that God is building. Be a part of something bigger than you. Be, a, be, something, be part of something that's bigger than Kingswood, bigger than anything at the heart at the focus point of God's intention, he invites you to be part of that building structure. And that's why when Peter moves to verse 11, he says, Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners, as exiles, to abstain from the, the, the ways of this world, the way this world thinks and acts, 
and be transformed to the glory of God, proclaiming his praises and being the people that God has made us to be. I'm going to pray and give thanks to God for who Jesus is and the honour that God invites us to take part in. Father, the concept of a living stone is, um, is brilliantly simple. And we thank you for, the, for giving us that image. Lord, I thank you for inviting us to come to Jesus freely and to accept him and to build our lives around him. Father, please help us to put down our tools in the, the workmanship that we have been crafting the direction that we have been fighting for. And Lord, help us to surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so be called the chosen people, the royal priesthood, a holy nation belonging to you. And Lord, may we declare your praises, being ever conscious of your great mercy, that we once were not a people, but now we can understand ourselves to be the people of God. Father, thank you for this great privilege and this honour that we do not deserve. We thank you for uh, sending your precious son into the world to save sinners. We ask you to help us to meditate on this, to embrace it and to be changed because of it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue in song. The band will